0: You are listening to The Dr. Kinney Show, and I'm your host, Erin Kinney, a naturopathic doctor and speaker who's passionate about teaching you how to understand what is happening in your body, why your body is reacting the way it is, and how to make the appropriate changes in your life to get your body back into balance. Something I've learned from my private practice is that the more patients know about their health, the more likely they are to make better diet and lifestyle choices which ultimately leads them to a faster recovery. Each week, you are going to learn actionable tips, tricks, and teachings from myself, along with the help of top experts in the holistic health community, so that you can make better informed decisions about your body and your healthcare. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Dr. Kinney Show. This week, I am joined by Jamie McCoy, who is a licensed psychotherapist, and I'm really excited to have her here. She does a lot of healing work with trauma. She has a nervous system reset program, which I'm excited to hear more about. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So do you think you could share with my listeners your story? Like, How did you, how did you decide to become a psychotherapist?
1: Yeah. So I've been a psychotherapist for about 14 years, but only in the recent Last five years or so, have I really dived into specializing with trauma and the nervous system because of my own journey, like so many people before me. Yep. Basically, I had a mixed journey with chronic illness, chronic challenges like that, as well as trauma. And when I was studying to become a therapist, I noticed that there just wasn't a lot of information in school about how these two things are related and how does trauma affect the nervous system and the rest of the body? And how do we actually treat that? And so after going on my own journey from doctor to doctor and getting labeled with diagnosis after diagnosis, I really took it upon myself to figure out, okay, what happened? to How did my body break down? How do I connect these dots? And I did my own research and I got advanced training and all these subjects just to figure out like, how can I be my own advocate? Because I really wasn't getting the answers I needed from Western medicine on its own. and so that's what I've been specializing in and just you know working on my own journey has brought me to wanting to help other people and yeah connect how does trauma break you know what how does it have to do with chronic illness and why does this happen and yeah how to work
0: with it yeah' Super cool thanks for sharing so maybe we could start by sharing like can you can you just i mean I've probably talked about this on other episodes but let me hear it in your words like how does trauma relate to the nervous system and you know how does that how does that all that tie together?
1: Yeah. So trauma, you can think of it as anything that overwhelms your nervous system's capacity to cope with something. It also requires a tremendous amount of energy to mobilize you to take action towards a situation. If we don't have that energy, the nervous system is going to shut down and that's going to affect your immune function as well. And so that's where we see often the symptoms of chronic illness that are linked with this chronic freeze response, this chronic shutdown state of your body and your physiology. And so not a lot of people are aware of how that's that connection right there. It's really nervous system overwhelm.
0: Yeah. So it's like you go from, I always remember like learning in school, we learned about fight flight and we learned about, you know, rest and digest, but then- I, I feel like the missing component in like original physiology is they don't really talk much about that freeze state, which you just, which it is technically a component of the fight flight state, right? Like, no, or is actu- it not? Is it kind of in between explain it to me? Because I feel like I've heard this several different ways. And
1: yeah, yeah, no, fight or flight is what people typically think of as trauma, where they call it survival mode. But that's not actually your true survival mode. Your fight or flight response is a mobilizing, active yeah state. So that is getting you prepared to take action. That is your stress response.
0: Yes. Which can be a good thing, right? It can help you like get up and take on the day. And like right now, both of our stress responses are activated because we're talking to each other and we're on air or whatever. Yes.
1: 100%. It's not like we demonize our stress response, but we wouldn't get anything done without that activation. The issue becomes that activation requires a lot of energy. And if we don't have that energy and we're like our mitochondria are struggling, we don't have enough nutrients in the system, it's going to deplete those nutrients on a cellular level. And then we will move and shift into a freeze response and get immobilized as an energy conservation state. That yep. is our survival mode where we're like hibernating to save and conserve what little energy we have left to just survive.
0: So the body is just like, I'm shutting down. I'm done. I'm going to like hunger down and be like this. And I'm going to, you know, just freeze essentially.
1: Yeah. Like evolutionarily, it is, it evolved because if you could think of a predator chasing after a prey and that prey is going to run, it's going to flee, it's going to be very active. But once that threat comes closer, its best chance at survival is to freeze and not move because it's that movement where the predator can see you. And yeah. so it's, Freezing up to almost play dead, yeah, like animals would. Yeah. yeah,
0: well, it's almost I think about in the work I do. I do a lot of work with adrenal fatigue. A lot of patients come to me, and they've, you know, they've been in fight flight for so long. And you talked about, you know, they've they've used up all their cortisol, and they come to me, and their cortisol's flatlined, and not that they're necessarily in a in a full free state, but they're they don't feel good because their body's used up all those nutrients. So let's talk about maybe tr- like how does trauma inst like talk a little bit more about like the relationship between that. Like, so like, and, and maybe we can then talk about like, how do we unwind from this state? Yeah. So
1: basically in terms of your stress hormones, when initially you have a stress response, like you said, you're going to release adrenaline in like about 15 minutes. Once that isn't enough to take care of it, we have the cortisol come in. And initially it's very anti-inflammatory for the body. Yeah. We stay in that, like you said, then it starts to become pro inflammatory. And then we move into the shutdown state, and that's when we're completely depleted. And so we want to work on both giving the body time, space, and then rebuilding energy and creating a feeling of safety within the nervous system so that it can get the message that it's okay that we can come out of this, that we have enough on a cellular level and also within our environment that we can, okay, we can now move back into being engaged with the world again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So and what are your what are your favorite ways like when if someone is just starting this and they're like, oh, I think I might be in that like freeze state. Like what's what's the best starting point? Like where, where do you start with that?
1: Yeah. So I'm a big fan of both combining holistic health education, which I'm sure you are doing. Yes. With your yes. So we have to have that piece on board along yeah. with our somatic practice. So that's what I specialize in. And so the somatic practice is connecting the brain and the body via touch and movement. And so we're doing very gentle touches and movements to signal to your nervous system we're safe, we're supported. And when we do so, we can help discharge some of this stored stress in the system, very little. And we do it within your window of tolerance because not everyone feels so safe to connect with their body right away, especially if it's been a source of pain. Yes. the work and uh, tailor it to the individual. So we look at where are, where's your capacity at that moment for that touch and movement for that connection. And so I do this by first having everybody start learning their system, learning to track the different states of their nervous system, learn their patterns, what's triggering these states and getting that awareness on board. And then we do simple things to help connect your brain with your external environment before we go into the body. So it really depends on the person, but we just kind yeah. of experience those different practices. But that first step is really tracking your system and seeing tracking where you're system.
0: at. Yeah. And starting to probably like reconnect. I mean, I feel like part of that freeze state right here, you almost disassociate from the body, right? Is there some of that that goes on for a lot of people? A hundred percent. So
1: that is, you know, it's a very safe to, we're so overwhelmed. People think that when you're numb, it's an absence of feeling. But when we feel numb and disconnected, it's because we feel too much that we're yes. blocking that out. And so, that's what's going on there. So, we have to go very slowly into incorporating, you know, getting back into the body again. And that can be really scary for a lot of people. So, we do it little by little. We test the system by connecting, see how you respond, and then pull back. And we kind of go in and pull back and see how you respond to that connection little by little because it can be very overwhelming to even just notice your breath, for instance, if yeah. you've been it for a while. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, if, and again, if there's so many, if the body's been conditioned to be in that state, it's like you've just got to re, re. It's almost be like working out a new muscle, or right, like something. It's going to feel uncomfortable, I would imagine.
1: Yeah, the antidote to the free state is embodiment, but embodiment has to be done within your window of tolerance for sensation. Yeah, and that be very limited for some people. For some people, not so much. And then something else to remember is as you do start connecting with your body again you're going to start feeling all that activation that's underneath the freeze that put you there. So we kind of have to move oh, through the kind of layers. Out- yeah. Yeah. He's going to feel so comfortable coming out of that. Freezer. Yeah. That's perfectly okay. That's progress to come yeah. out. Of. A little anxiety, feel a little bit more energy. You're Isn't feeling. Everything that I you in a shutdown. It's
0: so interesting. I feel like healing, you know, what, what we're talking about in your work. And, you know, I sometimes find when I'm working with patients on like a physical level, you know, they've got Lyme disease or something that we're detoxing them from. Sometimes the first stages of healing are can be uncomfortable, right? If stuff comes out of the body or the body's like, oh, this is different. Or, and it sometimes we think it's bad, but it actually can be a perfectly normal part of a healing process to get a little bit worse before things get better or, or you, you feel different things or it, I usually tell people, I'm like, if something's happening, that's usually a good sign that we're we're making progress, right? As I would imagine in that state too. Like, if you're starting to feel anything, that's what? you know, that's not you're no longer in the free state, right? Absolutely, and it's going to be like emotions are going to come out, and yeah. you might,
1: like, I feel worse, or I need. You might even really start to notice how tired you are, even like because maybe mm-hmm. you- so numb and disconnected, you didn't realize the fatigue your body felt. These are not bad things that we're feeling it. And I never like to demonize any nervous system state. Like that's first yeah. and foremost. If you're in the freeze. Your body's protecting. You. Yes, that yes. yes, purpose and coming out of it, you're going to feel other things that are serving a purpose too, as it's waking up. And so that means feeling more in general. Yeah. I like every. that.
0: I like that you said that. I think I think it's a really important message, and I try to you know harp on this most of my episodes that your body is like everything it's doing, it's doing for a reason, right? It's doing to protect you. It's doing, our bodies are so much wiser than I think many of us give them credit for. Like, so if anything your body's doing, there's a reason for it. And like I said, it's not, it's not a great practice to demonize anything because the body's trying to keep you safe or keep you happy or, you know, keep you in, it's, it's always trying to stay in homeostasis, but sometimes that means we have to, you know, go through other stages.
1: Absolutely. And we just have to understand it's that judgment that also puts us back almost into a free state, that judgment, that right. shame. You can even feel that in your body when you're when you're beating yourself up or you're criticizing yourself. You can feel that heaviness and almost a collapse that happens in your system. And just becoming aware of those things is really important that we don't have to demonize what we're going through and the feelings that we're having. It's the allowance and teaching our nervous system that it can be safe to feel whatever arises that helps regulate it over time. Yeah,
0: yeah. And this is where it's really helpful to have a practitioner, right? Of any kind con- of some, especially someone if you're working with this, someone who specializes in, you know, this type of, uh, you know, you call it embodiment, right? Like this type of embodiment practice, right? Yes, so,
1: practice, some so practice. You-
0: practice to get back into the body. Yeah. Because I think trying to do something that's on your own, and I think it's easy to get caught up in the like, oh, I don't feel that this isn't right, like demonizing yourself. But if you're, co- you know, consistently working with someone who's reminding you, hey, 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 wait, this is okay. Like it, it makes, It makes the healing journey a little bit easier. Exactly. If I'm working one-on-one with someone, I'm guiding them through where,
1: like, this is the other thing that's different from traditional psychotherapy, is if somebody's talking about a traumatic experience, you're going to activate those neural pathways in the brain associated with that trauma. And then the body is going to have a response to that by shifting nervous system states. And if you're working with someone that's not familiar or trained with that, they may not know that it's not the best idea to keep pushing forward. We re- we want to make space for what's happening in the body. Pause. Mm-hmm. Learn to show your body, oh, okay, I'm feeling this activation. My heart rate is increasing. How can I show my system it's supported in this moment instead of trying to like cognitively push through and override these sensations? We want to stop and learn how to connect. And that's ultimately what's so empowering because we can, once we learn that, do it on our own. So having that guy show you what
0: to do is just so key. Yeah. It's really interesting. I started working with a somatic or embodiment therapist a couple of years ago. I had done talk therapy and it took me about a year for me to get out of, I'm constantly like overanalyzing from that, you know, that like intellectual state being like, well, I'm feeling this, but never actually really like pausing and connecting. And my current gal, every time I get on the phone still, she'll be like, okay, wait, let's let's pause. Let's like feel into your body. And it's, it's such a nice reminder, but I've been amazed at the difference. You know, I've worked with lots of different types of therapists, but I've been amazed at the difference that this type of therapy has offered.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that recognition, lending knowledge. That's how our nervous system wires in the first place. We have that co-regulation with another figure, our primary care figure to help wire our nervous system. And having that moment to, as babies, being able to explore our environment and feel safe in environment to explore what we're feeling, what we're noticing. You can just think of so much that for many of us, it doesn't happen where we don't feel safe and we kind of shut those feelings down because it feels unsafe to be in our body. We don't explore these things. We want to cut those sensations off because they're uncomfortable. So ideally, having a, a third party that can be there, a neutral person to guide you through what's happening, it's sort of mimicking that relationship that ideally we were supposed to have. As kids. Oh, that's
0: interesting. Yeah. And like giving the body what it needs in that sense. Yeah, it's just having that
1: co-regulation, having borrowing from someone else's nervous system to help shape yourself,
0: yeah. That's really cool. So do you have in your, when you're working, do you do a lot of breath? What are some of the other practices that you kind of work into your program? I'm sure there's other things that you do, right? Yeah, so I don't tradi- like work with the traditional type of breath work because
1: with traditional breath work, you're manipulating the breath. And that oh, can I gotcha. be activating for a lot of Yeah, people. yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can also get caught in your head. Am I doing the counting right or whatever yeah. it is? So, the way that I like to work with people through breath is simply noticing as it the patterns arising right now and gotcha. then that. And so, simply noticing, okay, is my breath moving down? Is it staying kind of shallow up in my throat? Does it even get down to my chest? Does it get down to my belly? And just simply noticing and seeing what happens if we make a connection to that. Does it shift? Does that breath shift? If I put my hand on my chest, does that help the breath move down? These types of ways. It's very gentle. It's very, very different. Very
0: gentle. I like that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So these kinds of simple practices like that are what I really like to use.
0: Yeah. Because that that's exactly what I'm sure someone who's like experienced trauma and has been in a free state, they're not going to want to go do like, oh, hey, let's go do some Wim Hof breathing. That might be very activating. Yeah. And way too
1: stimulating. And so we just first noticed like even just laying on a surface, can you feel the back of a chair supporting you? Can you feel your feet on the floor and how you are supported? And if you, and you are, not in- yeah, what happens? Yeah, notice <laughs> the
0: back. What, what's happening? Yeah.
1: Just take time. Simply notice like what happens if I don't have to hold my body up, if I have something supporting me. So just like allowing yourself when you're in that freeze response, to just really fully collapse into that, giving your body the support it needs instead of forcing it and to do anything beyond its capacity that's all it's, we're trying to do.
0: yeah it's almost like giving like it's like practicing micro moments of feeling supported which is allowing the nervous system to be like oh i am okay i am safe 100
1: percent." it's just constant cues of safety and support and especially like it's not about avoiding getting anxious it's not about avoiding shutdown it's about okay these things are going to happen i'm going to always move in and out of these yeah. things the day so what can i do throughout the day to remind my nervous system hey I hear you, I'm here, I'm connecting. This is how I'm gonna show that you're safe and supported today, whether that's looking out the window and noticing the trees, going outside, or simply leaning back in your chair. Yeah. You that it made moment? a really
0: big difference. I was leaning forward, I'm like, oh, sitting back now, and I feel really calm. And but so it's so it's and this is like I feel like when it comes to all areas of health, it's like learning to have these micro habits, whether it's for the nervous system or for your diet or for your exercise routine or and how to build those into your day. So i imagine, like you've got to you've got to be training this constantly because our if you've been stuck in that state, your brain, that's where it's gonna go to naturally. So it's like we have to unwire that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's just reorganizing the system through the cues that you give it. And that happens internally through like the food we eat and helping to make sure we don't have those cues of inflammation, in addition to providing some cues of somatic safety, which is if I just simply put my hand on my chest, what do I notice? And I notice for me. I just kind of like take a spontaneous deep breath and it's just discharging a little bit of stress. It just feels yeah. like, you know, and so we're just looking for those little moments of of safety and support cues that we give just like little signals we're giving. Yeah.
0: And I feel like when you start to incorporate the type of work that you're doing with, as you've mentioned initially, like, you know, some other holistic health, working on diet, working on sleep, working on the other like pillars of health, you're going to, those aspects of your health are going to get better so much faster if you're doing the nervous system work. It's very hard. I find, you know, I treat a lot of women, as I said, with adrenal fatigue and hormone issues and thyroid issues. And if their nervous system is either stuck in a really activated state, or if they've gone to that free state, it's hard to make changes in other places. Like it's, you know, and they they might be doing, quote unquote, doing all the other things, especially if they're constantly in like the hyperactive they're like I do all the things, but they might not feel the changes because they have it. They're not doing this aspect of what we just talked about, like the the little micro moments of telling the nervous system it's okay. Exactly. It's not, and it's more like showing the nervous system because
1: this is where like cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't exactly work for rewiring the nervous yeah. system. You can't tell yourself I'm okay, I'm safe. You have yeah, to feel, you just have to feel it. Yeah, body, and so we experiment with ways that we can show that for your body, and we experiment like what happens when we do this? And what do we notice when we do this touch? And is that too much? And we're constantly working within that window of tolerance so that that cue does feel safe. It does. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And not to say I'm sure you support CBT therapy as well, right? It could be useful for a time and place, but probably like a combo of that and this work would also be really beneficial if you're, you know, really working through some stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, it really depends on the person. And I think every form of therapy has its place. Yes. when it comes to trauma, or if you're in that chronic freeze state, it's going to be more challenging to do other forms of therapy if you don't feel yeah. safe in your body, because that's, that's the solution we need to help bring you out of that freeze with the combination of cellular energy and the foundations that you work with, along with
0: bringing that cue of safety, like I can feel safe to come yes. out. I yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. And this, this seems like this may be like a better place to start again, if you're in that And maybe then you'd move forward to another type of therapy once you're like, okay, I've got this down. I feel safe. I'm okay. I can now maybe go intellectualize whatever else I want to think about. Right.
1: Because if you go, if you have that somatic safety and you know how to support yourself and regulate your nervous system, then when you are talking about these really hard things and you do get that activation, you know what to do to support yourself in that moment so it doesn't overwhelm you and come back to a shutdown. So we want to have... So that we can stay regulated when we do talk about these difficult things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. So tell me about how you work with people. You work with people one on one, you've got a group program. What's your, how, how do you, how do you work with people?
1: Yeah, so I offer a mini course on the nervous system called the Nervous System 101. So that's for people who want to get started with just basic somatic practices, learn the difference between stress and trauma and the different states of your nervous system and begin tracking. And then the Nervous System Reset is my intimate group program where I work with people every week. And it goes much deeper into other pillars like neuroinflammation and how does brain affect trauma because that occurs when we have trauma, but also when you have other things that go on with your health, it makes it very challenging to rewire the brain and nervous system when that is going on. So yeah. addressing that and detoxing, cleaning up. And so nutrition is a part of that as well as course cool. And just, you know, mostly generally, like how do we deal and process with these sensations and feelings we have in a way that doesn't overwhelm the nervous system?
0: Yeah. And so that's a nine-week program that I run. Yeah. Very cool. And people can find that on your website. She's got, got a great website. And you hang out on Instagram a lot. I know I follow you on Instagram. She's got great reels, great content. Yeah. So those are the best places to find you, website and Instagram? Yes,
1: definitely on there. And then if people do want to work one-on-one, generally people who go through my nervous system reset, they have the option to work one-on-one with me through the program and after. Oh, very cool. You open up my calendar at some point this year for new people, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. There's you been a lot,
0: of, a lot of, trauma in the last few years. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of people need yeah. support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's been an interesting time. I actually was going to ask you, like, what your thoughts are, like, in the last few years. Like, have you seen an uptick in in the work that you've done, like, like in people needing this work? I, f- I feel like everyone needs so much support right now, given what we've been through as a human race.
1: Yes, I feel like there has been a collective trauma. I mean, yeah. I feel like to deny that that wasn't traumatic for us to oh. go through this kind yeah. of. Big thing that, yeah, no, that was a very traumatic event that happened. We all are collectively experienced that, and also trauma happens in the disconnection, and we were very disconnected. We from were each so right
0: disconnected, now.
1: yeah. Oh, so I think it's so key to kind of in rebuild through connection. That having that connection with ourselves, with other people, and so I do think it's really necessary, especially the more isolated people have become, then yeah. those that freeze response gets deeper, yeah. And so I think it's crucial.
0: Yeah, well, as you you talked about, you know, using that co-regulation, right, with another like another person's nervous system. I mean, I think about for that whole tender during 2020, if you lived alone, like you weren't with anybody. Or right. I think about like I was home with two little kids and we were all very dysregulated because I was super stressed out. My kids were stressed out. Like it's hard to co-regulate if, if both people are in a little bit of a of a spiral. So I think now more than ever, and I again I talk about this on most of my episodes, like it's good to have somebody to help you know, to help you along, like, to get your nervous system back to a good regulated place.
1: Right. And like I say, if you are living alone, I always recommend like using nature. You can use nature as a regulating resource. Pets.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah.
1: Yes. Things that we, if we have trouble first connecting with our body, I always recommend people start with nature and pets where it feels yeah. safe. It feels oh, little love that. Versus them yeah our body. So yeah, I mean, these are things that are available to all of us that we can go outside anytime and have that connection with the ground, whatever it is, but starting with something to help notice like, no, this is moving me into a more regulated place in my system when I can yeah, take
0: Yeah. I love I love the mention of nature. I think it's you know, pandemic or not, I think we all spend a lot of time on screens and, you know, like you and I are connecting, but we're not physically connecting, right? So I feel like there's a little bit of a of a nature is such a great like reset for that it's like if you spend all day i'm like i've been recording all day and i'm like i cannot wait to go get outside and like let my nervous system be like oh okay i can take a deep breath with the trees and the, the- exactly yeah yeah so anything else you want to share about your work or about
1: Just that I just want people to know that once they learn this information about how to work with their nervous system, it's like you have that information and knowledge forever. It's so incredibly empowering to know that and to be able to even have better relationships with the people around you because then you can start seeing when other people are in different states of their nervous system. And so you can, you know, better assess how to communicate with them. Like I always use the example of me and my husband you know, if either one of us are feeling overwhelmed or at capacity, we know maybe that's not the best time to have like a really heavy discussion about something that we need to have our functional brains on, you know, to, to really be able to rationally think through something. And so just being mindful how it shapes your entire relationships around you. So it's just such a key thing that I think is missing for so many people.
0: Yeah. But it sounds like, you know, you're describing like the actual work, like, it sounds, you know, it's not really that complicated, right? It's like, it's 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 so funny. I was on someone else's sh- show last week and we were talking about, you know, some of my tips for like just basic, like getting out of burnout. And I was like, you know, it was like get outside and, you know, listen to music for, it was very basic things. And she was like, wow, those things seem so simple. I'm like, I know sometimes the sometimes the really simple things make the biggest impact on our health. It's and I think tr- I say this like every show bouncing. I'm like, it's crazy how, how much the big, but it's like, we almost think it's too simple. We're like, oh, that's too simple. There's got to be something more. I got I to gotta think about it more. There's got to be something more complex or more newer or cutter edge, cutting edge that I could do. Right? Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I think what's challenging for a lot of people and why it's like deceptively simple is that when you do slow down to actually make these connections with yourself and help to regulate your system, you're going to feel a lot of things that might be uncomfortable. And also for a nervous system that's so used to being on alert to survive, slowing down is going to feel like a threat. Yes, that's that's true. like stressors to the system. And so that's why it's difficult and the resistance will come up. And so it's really this resistance is coming as a a way that your nervous system adapted to survive. It's like, hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. We don't slow down. We don't do this because we got to stay activated. We got to be out on the lookout for all these threats. And so that's why it's challenging for people.
0: Yeah, that's all. That's a great insight. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, cool. Sorry, that was I was relating that to my own therapy from this week. I'm like, oh yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. feels
1: safer for a lot of people to remain on high alert because yeah, survived. It it did help you survive through yes. past experiences. So to kind of move back into safety and being into more of a, a ventral vagal, what we call that safe and connected space, that feels threatening. Yeah. So we have to kind of retrain the system that it can be safe moving out of this on alert position. And we do that yeah. very slowly. Very so, slowly.
0: Yeah. Very slowly. Yeah. Well, super cool. Thank you for this chat. This has been awesome. So yep. go check her out on Instagram. Go check out her website. We'll have all the links on the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much for being on the show, Jamie. It was awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye, guys. See you next week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Dr. King Show be sure to follow the show and leave a rating and a review. It supports me so much. Plus, I always love hearing from you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next week.